You are listening to episode 10. This episode is brought to you by QuickBooks, which is one of the best apps for starting entrepreneurs. I've literally been using this app since I launched my business, and it has helped me, who doesn't have an accountant brain, to keep my books in order and to send them in an organized fashion to my accountant. So I recommend it to anyone who is trying to launch a business and is doing that as a solopreneur or entrepreneur. Introducing my next guest, all the way from Ontario, Bob Minhas. Bob Minhas is an enthusiastic and exuberant entrepreneur with more than 15 years of experience being an entrepreneur and working for companies. Bob Minhas has been able to figure out what works and what doesn't. And he believes in empowering people to have choice when it comes to their career goals. You will love the energy he brings and the wisdom he brings in this next episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Okiki Podcast. And today I have an awesome and special guest, Bob Minhas. And he is going to talk about his company. I wanted him to introduce the name uh, for himself, the topic for himself, because it's a great topic. (laughs) But uh, just to give you a little bit of a taste of what he does, he basically helps people get out of their nine to five. And so without further ado, welcome, Bob, to the Okiki podcast. And thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. I, I so appreciate this opportunity. Uh, so I, are you ready? We should do a drum roll. <laughs> so I actually represent, a, uh, my company is called Fire Your Boss for Good. And uh, where that came from was I worked, I'm actually, uh, not only am I the president, but I'm also a client. I, I, uh, I worked for, uh, I worked with so many entrepreneurs who had started um, businesses, or I've met so many, I should say, that started businesses. And it, they just couldn't get it to work. And they would go back to work and then try again and go back to work. Right. And so when I decided to take my leap, my, my, my second leap to say, this is what I'm going to do, I, I wanted to build a system whereby people could actually build a business that allowed them to stay employed as an entrepreneur for good. Because mm-hmm. I think you'll find that there's in our economy today, there's this fluidity of entrepreneurship. Some by choice. Some people love working for big companies every so often. But some because they feel like they can't make it work. So when I build Fire Your Boss for Good, it was to teach people the principles of how to build a a stable, sustainable, and scalable business so they didn't have to go back to work unless they wanted to. It's really about choice. And that's my thing. When I talk to a lot of people about who your boss is, your boss isn't necessarily the evil person that works in the corner office that gives you orders all day. Sometimes your boss, it's, it's like a representation of, of what your life isn't yet, right? So when I say fire your boss, it's sort of that, that thing that holds you back because there are some people who love what they do, but maybe they're not earning enough income or they just don't feel fulfilled 
or they just want to do things. They just want to do more in their life. So I never wanted to build a brand that was like, your boss hates you and your corporation hates you because there are some of us that actually love the work they do and and Mm -hmm. can enjoy the people they work with. So that's where the name came from. And that's why I'm so glad you love it. But I always (laughs) want to get that across and that it's it's not meant to be adversarial. Like I didn't call it kill your boss for good. (laughs) It's, you know. Just fire them. Don't kill yeah. them. Really yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some people hear that be like, yeah, I totally yeah. want to do that. So no, it's kind of interesting and to hear the context behind it. I love it. And could you tell us a little bit about your background, um, career, educational, like anything that you were into before you kind of stepped into what you're doing now? What I'm doing now. Yeah. I, uh, so, you know, over a certain age, when you meet people, they'll, they'll tell you the path of their life. You'll hear we're all the same, right? So we all grew up. Um, we all knew we had to go to college in Canada. We, we have college university. So I went to university. Mm-hmm. I got a, I, I moved degrees six or seven times. <laughs> I graduated. <laughs> so I graduated with a degree in criminology management and a minor in sociology and actually have some credits in psychology. And so when I graduated, my goal was always to be uh, a lawyer, right? So with the school I went to, they had a program you can get into that was, it was legal and you can get an MBA and an LLB. So legal and management. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I graduated, I was totally, I was, I was always doing class in the summer. I was totally excited to, I was ahead of the game. I was totally excited to do that, but I didn't have the money, right? Graduate school costs a lot of money. So at the time, I was working for a telecom company. So what would happen is I would work at night, the midnight shift for a telecom company, or I should say TV telecom company, and then go to school in the day. So when I graduated, I told my manager at the time, and they said, you know what, work with us for a year full time, mm-hmm. earn what you need to earn, because really I was living at home with my, my family. It was, you know, I didn't have any <laughs> They said, earn what, you know, we'll pay you this, and, and then you, in a year you can go back and do it. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. But you know what, as what always happens, I was making such good money as a young person, I just never went back. Mm. I just decided, you know what, I'm making good money here. I'm going to be a customer service agent for life. Because that's what you think about is that you're like, oh my God, it's easy. I sit down, I talk to people all day, I make money and I get a lunch and a break. And, right. and um, so I, what I did was, is I stayed in that telecom industry and I did move around. In Canada, we don't have a lot of players like they do in the US. Mm-hmm. So I moved around. We only have three or four major players. So I moved around each player, um, joining sort of their team and always going a level up. And this is a thing you'll see about a lot of people who are career-minded is they're always told to... Um, always look for another job to get a step up because you could, it's really hard to get promoted from within. So that's what I was doing. Then eventually, um, uh, during 2008, during the recession, I was let go. I'd love to say it was because of the recession, but it was because I was a bad employee. Um, so, so I was let go. And at the time, I had already started this little side hustle where I was fixing computers on the side. So when I was let go, I was thinking in our economy, the recession's around. I wasn't let go for great reasons. So I thought, oh, I'm not really employable. I was sort of forced into being an entrepreneur. So I, I got into this being an entrepreneur, starting a business, took that computer repair business and evol- evolved it. My uh, wife at the time helped me build it. And we, we, you know, I had this business that was doing really well. You know, we were featured on HGTV Canada and I had big, big clients. It was awesome. And then when I hit some really hard circumstances in my life, my business wasn't sustainable enough to, to withstand it. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up having to return to the workforce. Um, so when I returned to the workforce, it wasn't in telecom. I actually returned working for government. And the irony of it is I got a job with government um, to coach business owners. Like my job was by the government... <laughs> help these business owners in our small rural communities start a business, grow a business, et cetera. So I was like, I don't know anything about that, but heck, let's do it. 
And so I spent four years learning how to coach and working with so many different entrepreneurs that, you know, at, at some point I decided this wasn't for me. So earlier when I told you that sometimes your boss isn't a bad person, mm-hmm. it's just that you realize the work that you're doing isn't fulfilling or I just wasn't happy. I just felt like I, I'd hit the level of what I was going to do and what I was doing. So I made the decision to leave. I made a plan and that's exactly what I teach my clients. I made a plan. I I exactly thought out how I wanted to do it. And I didn't leap on the best of circumstances, but I did make that jump into something that I wanted to do now. So my career, I don't know that I can tell you that it really geared me for entrepreneurship because every time I pursued entrepreneurship, it was almost as if uh, it was a pasafangul to the the job, right? It was like, I'm going to do this because... uh, so the only thing I will tell you that my career prepared me for was it really taught me how to deal, how to work in a corporate environment. And because I work with corporate people now, being able to empathize and understand the gaps and challenges and, and barriers that they have, mm-hmm. I'll tell you my career did prepare me for that. And I have a lot of great memories from my career. I learned a lot of amazing things. I still know a lot of the technical skills that I had back then. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to be honest with you, my school and my career didn't prepare me for what I'm doing now. What prepared me for what I'm doing now was life. Simple as that. Yeah. Was yeah. making so many mistakes. There was a point when I didn't even have a home, right? Mm-hmm. I was sort of bouncing couch to couch in the car and mm-hmm. storage units. I was just mm-hmm. bouncing everywhere. So life, if anything, taught me how to build the business that I have now because I know the mistakes and the failures. Uh, I know what they are and I know how to avoid them. So I've had success and I've had failures. But mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you that I, my mom's going to be mad at me, but I couldn't tell you my schooling and my career prepared me for that. It was really life that prepared me for what I do now. That's really, I actually love how you answered that because I think I asked that question because sometimes people have career backgrounds that actually have something remotely to do with what they're doing today. And sometimes it's so far from it that it's usually some sort of piece in their life story or their life journey that maybe they started in that degree, but something, you know, caught their mind and then also they're in this direction. So that's partially why I asked that question, because I like to see where people come from to where they end up, because often it's very different from where they started. So well, thank and, you. And working for the government, I, I, again, I was doing, I was coaching entrepreneurs, but the way that a system, an institution like a government does it, is very mm-hmm. different than how people like you or myself or whomever that does business coaching does it, because... In a government institution, all you're allowed to do is, is, is give resources, like do this, try this. You can't actually coach, right? You're not actually able to give the true advice that someone needs. If someone came in when I worked in the government and I knew that their business was a bad idea, I knew that they were doing something that was really <laughs> stupid yeah. and I really should go look for a job. I wasn't allowed to tell them that, right? My job was to simply answer the question that they came in with. And I felt like we were disservicing entrepreneurs. So uh, when I say that it didn't prepare me, I, what I should say is it prepared me to, it prepared me what not to do really. Right. Right. Kind of like school of life, <laughs> school of life and adding all those bits from, from what you experienced. Cause you had so many experiences from what you just told me. So clearly being able to compile all that knowledge and make it something that you can actually use. Um, that's valuable in itself. And um, yes, and then you kind of answered my other question too of what inspired you to be an entrepreneur. And it really was you trying to create your own path and like say, this isn't working for me. I want to do this now. And um, so that actually answered that question as well. Well, and I'll add to that. So certainly pursuing entrepreneurship was, was inspired by what I was experiencing. 
But I have to tell you what the catalyst was, right? So the catalyst, we all have a F this event, right? All of us who work in corporate have an F this event. For a variety of people, it's, you know, your boss disrespected you, you were docked pay. Like there's always something that happens in your journey that says, F this, I'm now going to do this. I'm going to pursue entrepreneurship. For me, it was this long agonizing feeling of not serving my children. And what happened was, so, you know, went through divorce, you know, separation, all of that sort of stuff. Well, the other way around, separation, divorce. And what I realized was I was working really hard to provide a life for my children that they didn't want. Do you know what I mean? Like I was working hard to make money so that they could have all the things that we're told our kids are supposed to have. But then I was realizing it wasn't really making them happy because I wasn't spending as much time with them. They weren't actually pursuing the things that they wanted to do because they were now learning the mindset of, I have to go to school and get a job. I have to go to school and get a job. They weren't learning the ability to creatively think, to try different things. So my, my inspiration really came from the fact that I wanted to give my kids the choices I never had. Now, that being said, they may choose a career. They may decide, dad, I want to be a corporate employee for the rest of my life. I'm okay with that. All I want, what inspired me to do what I'm doing now is to give them and give everybody work with choice. I just want choice. I never want someone mm-hmm. on their deathbed at 78 to say, I wish I had the chance to do this. That's, mm-hmm. that's really what inspired me to get into this. And believe me, it's, it's not an easy choice to make because no. you're giving up a lot. You're giving up stability. You're giving up benefits. But more importantly, you're, you're taking a huge risk. And if this risk doesn't work out, I fully believe I know it's going to work out and it has been working out. But if it doesn't work out, I basically taught them taking risks leads to failure. So it was a huge, huge gamble. And I had to make sure that wow. I had a plan and I had, and I had the right mindset to really do that, right? I actually invested in coaching for, for mindset. As much as you, I seem like a really confident and charming person, <laughs> I, really, I, I had to invest a lot of time into figuring out my, my gaps in mindset. So that's what inspired me was really giving the kids the life that giving my kids a choice in their life. Yeah, I actually um, in a little way can relate to that because there are like some younger family friends that I mentor and it does inspire me to do better as an entrepreneur because I know they look up to me. So it's like I want to do it well so that they can, you know, be able to follow suit and not that you have to be perfect for them, but even them seeing you go after it does a lot for their mindset as well. So I agree that could be a massive motivation for why you do what you do. And uh, I love that. Um, I was going to say too, I feel like you've launched several businesses now that I think about it. So maybe you can touch on it for the other ones and like more so for this one. What was your scariest moment in launching the business and how did you overcome it? Um, I think one of the scariest things for me was I'm old. So, although I've been doing this for a long time, uh, this business that I have now, the fire your boss program, it's very different than all the previous businesses I've had, right? Computer repair, audio, video, home security, a bar, commercial cleaning, like all the other businesses wow. around this. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I had to build my network from scratch and it was really scary being 42 yeah. and hearing crickets on my post because I was, I was putting stuff out there that only related to a certain demographic. Mm. Um, so I believed in what I did and I knew it would work because I had the experience of doing it, but it was really hard going out on my own and starting from scratch at 42. I think the scariest moment was for me was seeing that, that 
normally when I post something, I get a lot of feedback, a lot of engagement, but because I was posting things that was geared to an audience that I didn't have, that I had to start building from scratch. Right. It was terrifying because as much as I worked on my mindset and that inner me, there's always that, that brief inner voice that's usually an angry parent that says, <laughs> are you sure you're doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. This could be a mistake. It's not too late to go back. You should right. look at the job ads, right? And so the summer was a scary time because the summer was when I was market validating, doing market research, talking to people, doing sales calls, and just just hustling hard. So I think that was the scariest moment. So how did I push through? Um, a lot of chocolate milk. I find chocolate milk is a really good <laughs> alcohol, probably not healthy. Um, but you know what I did is I invested, I, inv- I started investing less in coaching and more in masterminding. So I, I have a really great business coach that helped me launch the second time because I didn't yes. want to be arrogant to think I knew all the answers. So what got me through it this time though, was surrounding myself with people who are going through the same journey. So I joined a particular mastermind mm-hmm. and being able to share those fears and, and as, as, horrible as it sounds knowing that they were struggling too made me sort of realize okay so this is normal what i'm and i knew i'm doing all the right things and hitting the right points but i'm not the only one that has these fears so that's how i pushed through was not doing alone right was, mm-hmm. was having the right people mm-hmm. that were as invested in my success as i was invested in theirs right i totally uh yeah i totally agree with that joining a mastermind I, i'm part of a my first master class this year and i have to say it makes a huge difference because i think the entrepreneurial journey is like you're so hyper focused that it can be like you're in this tunnel by yourself and you're like wait is anyone on the same planet as me like am i you know is this normal and so i think just by like talking to other people it kind of validates like oh there's other people with goals and dreams like you have and they also have those obstacles along the way so i totally love that you brought that up on on the podcast because i'm sure the listeners will get value from that too in their journeys as well (laughs) and um yeah, you kind of touched on this, but maybe you can talk about it a little bit more. What were you hoping to offer the industry when you entered it? I know you talked about how you had to start your audience from scratch. So what were you really hoping to bring to that new audience um, that you felt maybe wasn't even there before? Yeah. Um, it, you know what? The first thing I had to do in this journey was create a vision. So I had a, I had a vision. I had this idea. I had this belief that... I, I always wanted to ensure that every human being on earth had the ability to have choice, just like I wanted my kids to have choice, and to create their own economy through entrepreneurship. So I had to think about how could I help people do that? You know, as a general business coach, you're really reactive. People come in, ask a question, you answer it. Mm-hmm. But there were, there's a ton of people across this globe, let alone across Canada and the US, who, who struggle with understanding what that first step is. So what I wanted to bring was I wanted to bring this idea of there's a way to do this properly and successfully. Right. And as a person who failed horribly, right. <laughs> who fell like to the point where you, you, he spent, I spent a night in the car, in my car, in a Canadian wow. winter. Wow. Um, you can come back from that. So when I meet a lot of people who want to start an entrepreneurial venture, that's their fear. Bob, I'm going to fail. I'm going to lose all my money. I'm going to lose everything. Well, I lost everything. And I can tell you, you can, not that I would encourage you to do it, but that you can come back and there's always a way to come back. And in fact, there's a way to avoid even hitting that pitfall. So what I wanted to bring was that realism, not that, hey, I've grown a six-figure, seven-figure business. Hey, you know what? I've worked with 80, clients over the last, that's not a word, 80, Well, it is today. <laughs> um, but I wanted to bring the realism of the fact that, hey, 
I've had an amazing successful business and I've done really well for my family. And I've also gotten to the point where I was buying beans from the dollar store, right? Like I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know that there is always a way to avoid that or to, to, if you hit that point to come back from it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring that realism because I think what we lack in our community and when I say our community, when I think what we lack in the online business coaching space is this authenticity, the idea that not only have I done this before and succeeded, but which you meet a lot of coaches who say that I don't meet a lot of coaches who say, Oh my God, I failed so bad. And I still came back. And I think that lack of authenticity to be able to say, I know what your fear is because I live that fear. I think that was important for me to bring. So I think the first time I had my business and the first time I was doing things, I lacked that authenticity, that ability to admit that vulnerability to say, like, I know what failure feels like, but I, because of that, I also know how you can avoid it. And uh, you know what I mean? It's that empathy that I wanted to bring that understanding that, that, that shared, um, that these, that these people aren't alone. So I wanted to, that was important for me to, to put in front of the brand for sure. Well, I love that you said that too, because I do think a lot of the times on social media, we do see a lot of the success stories. Um, I think on LinkedIn, it tends to be a little more of like them just talking about it and more educational on Instagram. I think we see a lot more like flamboyancy about it. You know, there's the whole thing of like showing the fancy cars and everything. And then of course we see all the YouTube ads. So I feel like people on the outside are kind of getting a little jaded with all these people who are like flashing money at them and all these things. Right. And it's like, if they try it and it's not going well, like you said, they may just think they're completely like um not cut out for it or they're not even doing something they're good at when it's actually their passion so if no one's there to actually explain actually this does happen this is part of the journey they may never actually do what it takes to continue in it so i do like that you want to bring that aspect and i think they put a lot of self-blame on themselves i think they say well i'm stupid i'm not good enough i can't do this and the reality is it's not that you can't do this there's a way to do it anybody can do it entrepreneurship is is the great equalizer anybody could be an entrepreneur it does take work mm -hmm. right and, and some of that work is not just building a business some of that work is on yourself as well mm -hmm. so i wanted to bring that message and help people understand you may have failed in the past but maybe you failed because it was you weren't in the mindset to do it or maybe you didn't have the right tools to do it it doesn't mean you're a stupid person it mm. really doesn't right i literally honestly believe anybody can be an entrepreneur but mm -hmm. they gotta do the work you have to do the work that's it mm -hmm. Very cool. And um, I was going to say, what initiatives have you taken then to um, create your brand? So I, yeah, I went through a rebirth, right? So I had, you know, before I started this year, I had 15 years of entrepreneurship. So I had all this experience on how to run a business, right? But none of it, I, I didn't have any experience in in how to really coach people for transformation, right? I had the ability to give advice, but advice isn't transformational, right? I had to really start from scratch and understand what is that deep pain point that people have and you know, what is it that I can do to resolve it? And then how does my brand represent that? So literally it was like building blocks starting from scratch and to be key focused on a particular ideal market, to be focused on a demographic. So I spent a lot of time doing market research, a lot of time doing validation calls, sales calls. I felt that a lot of I spent a lot of time doing research because I, I wanted to spend that time making sure that this launch was not only right for me, but that I was given the right advice. But I'll tell you, I spent a lot of the summer working on my mental health, whether it's my inner work and my mindset to the point of dealing with anxiety and depression. I had to, and, I, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I fixed it, 
I had to really work on things to learn how to cope and then how to develop past it. See, there's the thing, right? Uh, you know, there's this presumption that you can fix mental health. And, you know, yeah, it's not to say that you can't find a resolution to mental health. It's not to say that when someone's depressed, they'll be pre- pre- depressed for life. You can have situational depression that's just created from a situation. Mm-hmm. It's not about fixing it. It's about learning how to cope with it. Yes. And then learning how to overcome it. Right. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, especially the first time you've experienced it, it's almost like an addiction. You're almost addicted to the, you know, the feeling of self-deprecation, the feeling of feeling worth, like you're all, it's almost like a part of your, so you really need to get to a place where you can work on how do I cope with that? Where do I go? How do I manage that? You know, another thing I talk about when it comes to addiction is arrogance, right? A lot of times, I was very arrogant the first time I had a business because I was so successful (laughs) and arrogance is an addiction. It took me a long, it took me five years in the loss of my family and my marriage to really come to a place where humility had to be a big part of what I do. And I, you know, I'm still working on it every day. So those two things are key was working on the technical tactical aspects of my business, market research, ideal market brand, et cetera. But then also working on me, how can I work on uh, not only my mindset and working on confidence, but working on those mental health aspects of dealing with anxiety and depression and loneliness in some cases. Uh, wow. So good. <laughs> and I'm totally, um, what's it called? Like an advocate for talking about mental health too, because it's so real. And especially with entrepreneurship, like that's a huge thing that I think people aren't talking about enough. So I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, anytime I'm always free to talk about mental health, like do what you need to do to take care of yourself, go on a walk, get that support system, because it's just like anything else. Um, you take care of your your body. If you have a cold, if you, if, if you're feeling off emotionally, you have to take care of that too. So that's definitely a topic I'd definitely love to talk about. Um, often, often when I work with entrepreneurs now, a lot of the work we do is we, I, I reverse engineer the business plan. So when we are building that business plan to a, a way they can build it, I'm in their cash flows. I actually put self-care in there. So they're surprised. Wow. They're like, well, you know, branding, website. I make them put self-care in there. And mm-hmm. obviously at a launch, it's not always easy to put self-care, but self-care should be a part of your business plan. And self-care could be talking to a counselor. Self-care could be going to a spa. There's never judgment. Whatever your body emotionally, mentally, and physically needs for self-care, for me, it's chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I, I always put that in the cash flow of business plan because there's yeah. two things I find entrepreneurs never seem to do, especially when they're starting out. They yeah. don't forecast for marketing because the presumption is I'll use Facebook. And they don't forecast for self-care. That's a huge thing I put in. Even before hiring, before they hire staff, mm-hmm. I, I say, well, unless this is a part of your everyday investment, like for example, one of the things I do with clients for them is the CEO day. So CEO day is a form of self-care where we work half a day, we are working on our business, right? We're working on all the components of it, but we do CEO day either at a hotel or a spa. And that's an opportunity for them to decompress. And that decompression can be the spa. I've literally had clients who just want the quietness of a hotel room and the bathtub to read a book. That's it. But it, you know, totally. so when you talk about mental health, you're absolutely right. It should be part of everybody's business plan. Everybody's cash flow should include a, a self-care component for sure. I love that. <laughs> it's encouraging me to be like, okay, write that in. Mine has been walks, but take five percent of all your sales, five percent of every sale you earn, five percent. And so, right. So ideally in Canada, anyway, we encourage you to put 20% away for taxes and, and all that from every sale, make it 25%, take that bonus 5%, put it in a savings account, earn some interest. And when you need time, you're not stressed out about spending that time. It is not only occurring interest. So you're making your money work for you, 
but you have that money that doesn't detract from your business. Such good advice. That's awesome. Um, I kind of wanted to know too, um, for your for our audience, if they were wanting to get these resources from you, um, what does that look like? What is the process? You know, reaching out to you and kind of like, can you do like a mini walkthrough of what it would look like for them to work with you? Sure. So ideally, what happens is um, I when I work with um, when I have somebody who's interested in learning more about what I do. Uh, they can head over to my website. Um, I usually try and send them actually over to my Facebook group because my Facebook group is a community of people who are just like them. So what typically happens is they'll head to the Facebook group or they'll book a 50-minute call for me. And on that 50-minute call, all we do is talk about what's going on, what's their vision, what's their dream, and where are they stuck. I'm not telling them anything. I always give them that 15 minutes of let's talk about where your vision is, and I try and give them at least one actionable step they could use to get to the next step of their vision. Typically, what will happen then is if they feel like that's been a value, I book a longer 45-minute call. And in a 45-minute call, we start breaking down all the elements they need to make a successful business and talk about how they can access that through me. Or I never let them leave a call empty-handed. I'll at least give them resources, if we're not a good fit, to pursue. So it usually starts there. And then my, my flagship program is called Fire Your Boss in 90 Days. So if they say, Bob, I want to work with you, then it's 90 days, 12 weeks, every week, we work on systematized processes to help you build an offer, build your business before you even register the business. That's another fallacy a lot of people do. They go out and they incorporate a business before they even have an offer. So we work, we, again, we reverse engineer, right? So let's talk about where's your headspace at? Who can you serve? What's your offer? Let's test the offer, build in revenue. Now let's actually build a business that's going to work. So, so that's really how people end up working with me. Um, For the most part, I just love having them in the Facebook group because what will typically happen is, they they don't feel ready or they need time or they need to talk to other people. That Facebook group allows them to ask questions, to participate, to just be part of a community until they feel ready. And it gives them a chance to get a bit of exposure of me. So they're not just jumping in blindly. Um, so that's typically the process is I either encourage them to head over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you uh, have them, or they just book a 50 minute call for with me and let's really figure out what their vision is and what they want to achieve and give them at least one actionable step to go from there. Awesome. Oh, thanks so much. This has been so great. We're actually already at our final question. <laughs> and I loved hearing your whole journey, your story, and just your insights on um, yeah, mental health and entrepreneurship. So with all of that, um, what do you value the most about being an entrepreneur? You know, I think it's, uh, I, a lot of the people will say freedom. And I think that's really important. For me, it's just choice. I always mm. have choice. I never feel trapped and I never feel like I'm in prison. And mm-hmm. that choice may be to return to the workforce, but at least I've made that choice. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I have that choice. Now, I've made that choice never to return to the workforce because I know what I'm doing and I'm happy with what I'm doing it. But I just love having that choice, whether it's to spend time with my kids because there's a special event, whether it's to be able to take a trip somewhere, whether it's to be able to invest in my own self-care. I think mm-hmm. the most valuable thing entrepreneurship gives me and anybody I know is choice choice Mm -hmm. choice choice that's a huge thing for me awesome thank you so much Bob Uh, thank you for sharing your vision uh, what your company does and just your heart behind the business Uh, yeah thanks for coming in and giving our audience all these great awesome details (laughs) thanks for the opportunity this is a lot of fun I appreciate it (laughs) yes I enjoy it too (laughs) great